And we're not just doing a religious thing and putting in our time. But we really, really want God's plans to be our plans, right? And so one of the things that we are going to be talking about the next few weeks is, is God's vision and being a part of God's vision. As many of you can see on your table, we have been given a mandate from the Lord. We really feel really strongly about this, that Epicenter Church is an apostolic Revival Center, building a community in Gurnee that will impact the region with the supernatural love and power of God. How many of you know that that is pretty hard to accomplish in our own strength? Anybody agree with me? Like that is not something that we're going to have the best facilities and we're going to have the, the, you know, the best preacher and the best small groups and all this kind of thing. We're not going to come. How many of you know that's only going to be accomplished by what the Bible says, but not, by, not by might, but by my spirit, says the Lord, right? Like this is a, a Holy Spirit thing. And so one of the things I want to talk about over the next couple of weeks here is, is owning the vision, own the vision. If God has given us a vision and he's brought us together, how many of you know that none, nobody's here by accident today? You know, whether you're a guest with us, I don't believe you're here by accident either. And if you're a, if you're a, a member with us, if you're a regular participator in Epicenter Church, you're not here by accident. I believe that every single one of us that calls this church their home, that God has planted you here like in, in a, you know, we talk about creating a community here in Gurney. It's almost like a garden that God is planting each and every one of us. And it's not weeds, Okay, you're not something just temporary or blowing it. No, this is something that God actually planted. Don't you love when, we, when he started off the earth, he put Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, right? And it was amazing, and it was beautiful, and it was perfect, right? And, and I believe in some ways that God is planting us as a garden as well. Like one of the things about a garden is when you walk into a, a beautiful garden, it, it kind of works together. Have you ever noticed that? It's just beautiful, and there's unique plants and all these things. And I believe in a lot of ways that God is doing that with us. He's planted us. He's brought us here. I love the words from the book of Esther, for such a time as this. Uh, There's been a a deep thought in my mind the last uh, little bit here, well, quite a while actually, of how frail and how temporary I am. I have uh, mentioned this before, but I have a- aches and pains in places of my body that I never had them before. How many of you recently have woken up with a new pain of some kind in your body? <laughs> and you're like, whoa, where did that come from? I thought that was only for old people. And then you look in the mirror and go, all right, I'm going to stop looking in the mirror. So there you go. <laughs> right? You know, it's so interesting, isn't it? How temporary our life is. Like, like John, you know, he's got a couple of years on him. Still doing pretty good, though. He looks pretty good, doesn't he? But, you know, as, you know, John has been a part of this church really for a long time. And the other day I was looking at a picture of the old Calvary Temple Choir. Oh, yeah, I did. And you were there. It was the old Calvary Temple Choir. And here's John and I think Pat Adams and a couple others. And John looks good. But he looked way better back in them days. I'm just telling you, he was a, he was a good-looking man back in them days. And I just think, you know, you look at these snapshots and pictures of our past or what we were, and, you know, Facebook is both wonderful and diabolical at the same time, you know. Like, like the other day I was looking through and I bumped into an, a picture of an old friend and they had put a picture of, like, my old youth group, you know. I'm like, who are those kids, Right? 
But in our minds, don't we still think we're still, that's still part of who we are, right? We're still, and yet the reality is we're all moving along. And it's not going to be too many more years where we're not going to even be, instead of being part of the garden, we're going to be pushing up daisies. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, like it, we're going to be part of the garden in a totally different way. And here's the thing. Life is so temporary, isn't it? It's so, so fleeting, the Bible calls it. It says fleeting. How fleeting are my days, the word says. And one of the things I want us to do, and this is coming from my heart, and I really feel it strongly for each and every one of us, is let's not waste what God has given us. <laughs> Just hold up your finger. Everybody go like this. One. That's how many shots we get at this, okay? It's not re- there's no reincarnation. You're not going to come back as a giraffe or some butterfly or something else. No, you get one shot of it. The Bible says that it's appointed a man once to die and after that to face judgment. And I'm going to talk to you a little bit this morning. It's going to be a little serious. Maybe, um, maybe that's part of the, the feel of the service today. I'm not sure. But there's a, I want to speak to you this morning about the seriousness of our lives. And the fact that we just get one shot at this. Let me start off with, if you would, turn to Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28. <clears throat> it's a verse many of you are familiar with, and I know we've talked about it in the, in the past, even not too distant past. Matthew 28, 18 to 20. It says this, and Jesus came up. Now, let me, again, set the table for you. Uh, Jesus has lived his life. He was crucified. He was tortured and crucified and died. Three days later, he rose from the dead. Forty days later, he's getting ready to go back up to heaven, and these are his last words. And Jesus came up and spoke to the disciples, the 11 guys that were there, that were left, saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations." baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. You know, every church has been given a mandate. The body of Christ has been given a mandate, and this is really it, isn't it? Jesus says, I want you, boys, you 11, my my main guys, I want you to spread out from here, and I want you to go and I want you to not just to make churchgoers. I don't want you to go and just do this. I want you to make disciples, people that are, are passionately committed to this kingdom message that I've been giving you for the last three and a half years. Now, I need you to understand something with me this morning. God isn't really interested in whether you're in church this morning. Oh, like it's good that you're in church today. Don't get me wrong. But you're not earning brownie points, and you didn't check off your box for the week by being in church today, right? Are you with me? Like, you're not, you're not, God's not back going, whoa, George is in church today. All right, well, I'm going to bless him all week now, (laughs) you know, kind of. It it doesn't work like that. See, church is the place where we come to hear the truth of God's word. We get to connect with each other, with other believers, and we get to engage in the discipleship process of bringing his kingdom to this earth. You know, it is not a small thing that a church is in a city. It is not a small thing that we're here. 
God says, listen, I want you to go and make disciples. You're going to go to all the nations. We're going to spread this thing out all over the world. And I love this morning that we have uh, baptism. We mentioned this. I think it's in your bulletin too. But uh, next door at noon, we're going to go next door to the hotel right here. Just walk out the door to the next building over. We're going to baptize uh, some people this morning. And we're going to do just this. It's going to be fun. So we talk about the verse here, and then we're going to do it. Because when I baptized them, I said, listen, I'm going to baptize you, and we're going to use these words. And when I put them under the water and bring them back up. But in the, in the baptism class, as we were talking about this, I said, listen, this is not just some religious exercise that you're supposed to do. This is actually a, a crossroads in your life where you declare to the world I'm in 100% on this thing. Would you agree today that God doesn't really want just part of us? He wants all of us. And we would say amen to that. Like he doesn't just want you on Sunday. He doesn't just want you, you know, a little bit here and there. He wants all of you. Now be careful. Because if we say the word all, what does the word all mean? All. Okay, it's a, it's a big word. Be careful if, if you say it because this, we're not messing around here. All means what? Everything. Okay, so what parts of everything do we have? Okay, well, that too, but we'll, we'll th- that's another sermon. We'll talk about that later. What does it mean? It means my body, right? My time, my passion, <laughs> My money, my gifts, my talents, and like you said, my good and my bad. See, God isn't interested in just a little piece of us. He wants every single part of us. And when he said, go into all the world and make disciples, he didn't say converts. He didn't say, you know, some kind of extension of this. No, a disciple is one who is fully 100% committed to the master. To the Lord. I have a, a friend, many of you know, Ian Carroll. He, he's the pastor of, of the, well, he wouldn't like that title. He's the lead, he's the leader of the Greater Chicago Church down in Chicago. And uh, I was listening to a podcast of his a couple weeks ago. And he said this, the title of his message was, Get the Hell Out of Chicago. That was the title of his message, Get the Hell Out of Chicago. And he was talking about it as not a noun, but a verb. Like he was saying, their job as a church, his, their vision is to get hell out of Chicago. Like that is what they're And I thought, that is really good. Because how many of you would like to see less of hell in our city and more of heaven? Amen. How many of you would like to see less of the fruits of the, of the demonic influence and, the, and hell and all the stuff that goes with it and more of the kingdom, more of the power, more of love, more grace, more mercy, right? We want to see that, don't we? Get the hell out of Gurney. I like it. We will make that a subtitle on our thing as well. See, God has told us to bring heaven to earth, not just for fun services, but to bring people into the kingdom, right? So, Go with me to Ephesians chapter 2, if you would. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 through 10. Ephesians 2, 
Ephesians chapter 2, and again, a familiar verse for many. But I, <laughs> for many people, it's Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. But actually, there's another verse right after we're going to look at today as well. It says this, for by grace you have been saved through faith. Anybody glad for that this morning? That we have been saved through faith, believing in God's grace. We have been saved through faith and his grace. But not of ourselves, it is the gift of God. Not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. And again, if you're familiar with this, great. If, if it's new to you, the concept is this. You can't work your way into God's favor. You can't work your way into his grace. It's by, it's by faith. You just have to believe it. And if you try to bring works into it, you actually mess up the whole process. It is simply by faith. Simply by faith. Simply by trusting in God. All right? And that's, that's a foundational verse for us, right? Faith in his grace, not by works. But, but it's interesting because many people stop right there. And I want us to go to the next verse where it says this. For. Now, if a, if a Bible verse has the word for in it, it's taking what you just read and it's connecting it to the next verse, okay? For. So we've been saved by faith and his grace, not of ourself. For we are his workmanship. Everybody say workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus for what? Good works. For good works. Which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. Folks, I want to tell you today, I think there are many people that lose sight of the fact that you weren't just created to be saved. You were created with some work to do. You were created with a specific task and tasks that God has for you. I'm so glad that I don't get to be bored in Christianity. I'm so glad. I'm so glad that there's more to it than this. And here's the thing. You actually were created when God made you. He actually set aside things that only you can do. Me. There's things only Steve gets to do. There's things only Mike gets to do. There's things that, that God has set aside for you to do. It's his plans and purposes just for our lives. Workmanship. We are his workmanship with things that he wants us to accomplish. I think the thing I feel so strongly is that it's destiny, isn't it? It's destiny. God has a destiny for you and for me. And for this church, for this region, we get to be an apostolic church that brings revival to this thing. It's really, it's really exciting. And so, let's keep moving. I want to give us a couple of verses this morning, and then we're, uh, I'm going to let you do a little talking. How am I, what am I doing with my life, okay? How am I spending my life? We said once, you get to go through this thing one time. That's it. One shot at this. One shot. So how am I doing it? Second Corinthians 5.10, I want you to turn to this verse. It says this, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may be recompensed for his deeds in the body, according to what he has done, whether good or evil. A way of understanding that is time spent in the body. In other words, you're given a certain amount of days. You've been given... Uh, a time and a body with resources. We mentioned your watch, your money, your, your effort, your, part, your heart, your passion. First, 2 Corinthians here says that we're actually going to give an account for that. 
when I was growing up, people would preach on this, or I'd hear these kind of verses. Um, <laughs> it was always very heavy for me. Like, like I always felt like I was going to stand before God, and he was going to be scowling at me, you know? Like, you didn't do good enough. You didn't perform enough. You, didn't, you know? And I want to tell you this morning, I don't think that that is really what God wants to do with your life. I believe that God wants us to stand before him uh, and, if you will, take all of the things that we have done and lay it before him and it be a day of celebration, not a time of depression or, or feeling bad or guilt or shame in any way. See, if we can spend our lives, then we get to decide what I do with my body. You've heard me say before that life should not be a journey to the grave with the intention of arriving safely in an attractive, well-preserved body. Rather, you should skid in sideways, chocolate in one hand, Mountain Dew in the other, body thoroughly thrashed, totally worn out, screaming, hoo-yah, what a ride. <laughs> right? There is a place that God has for us, a destiny that he's calling us to, and he's asking us to spend our lives for the kingdom. And I guess in a sense that's what I'm asking for you this morning as well. The vision is too big for us. It's too much. But it's not too much for God. It's not too much for him. One last verse. 1 Corinthians 3, 10 to 15. And this is in the Passion Translation. This is... Uh, this is um, my favorite version of the Bible. And uh, so you may not have it on, on yours, but we'll have it on the screen here if you want to read it there. 1 Corinthians three ten through 15 in the Passion Translation says this, that God has given me unique gifts. Okay, back up. This is Paul speaking to the church in Corinth, and he's speaking first person that God has done these for him first. He says, God has given me unique gifts as a skilled master builder who lays a good foundation. Afterward, another craftsman come and builds on it. So builders beware. Let every builder do his work carefully according to God's standards. For no one is empowered to lay an alternative foundation other than the good foundation that exists, which is Jesus Christ. So he's saying, listen, I've come to you, the, the Corinthian church, and he says, I've laid a good foundation, a good foundation. How many of you have ever worked on the, the ground floor of a building? Like you've laid concrete. Anybody ever done that? When we, uh, <laughs> yes, my concrete. <laughs> you can see she's done a lot of this. Um, the, when our last church, when I was in Minnesota, we, we, we had the opportunity to get some land, and we, we, built, we were building a new, a new church, a whole new structure. And I remember that, you know, the... Uh, the concrete guys came, and one of the guys in my church was a concrete guy. He was, he was one of those, those, uh, those no, I don't, yeah, I don't know. If, he was, in, I don't know if that's what he called himself, but he was definitely the, the concrete guy. He was the one that he knew all, he'd been doing it for 30 years, and so he was in charge. So we brought the trucks in, and we laid out the wood, and we laid out all the foundation. And I remember how meticulous he was about making sure that every single bubble and crack and everything was done just perfectly. And it was totally uh, flat, you know, the whole nine yards. And it took us all day, really, just bringing stuff in. And this guy was on his knees, and he's telling guys what to do, and he's working really hard. And he, and he told me that day, he said, listen, 
you can build a whole church, but this is the most important day. This is the most important day because if we screw this up and we try to build something on top of it, the whole thing's going to, you know, tip over. And I've seen plenty of, of that on America's Funny Some Videos, you know, people, you know, houses falling down and all this stuff. And I remember looking at him going, I believe you because there's a verse that actually backs you up. It's in, it's in Corinthians here. And this is what Paul is saying. He says, listen, I'm laying this foundation and it's a good foundation. It's, it's, it's Jesus Christ, this whole thing. But then he goes on in verse 12, and he says this, The quality of material used by anyone building on this foundation will soon be made apparent, whether it's been built with gold, silver, and costly stones, or wood, hay, and straw. Their work will soon become evident, for the day will make it clear, because it will be revealed by blazing fire. And the fire will test and prove the workmanship of each builder. If his work stands the test of fire, he will be rewarded. If his work is consumed by the fire, he will suffer great loss, yet he himself will barely escape destruction, like one being rescued out of a burning house. Now, I don't know about you, but I read a verse like that, or verses like that, and, and it gets my attention. Because it's saying this. In essence, you can spend your life any way you want, but at the end of it, only the stuff that really matters is going to really matter. And he's talking about, you know, the good stuff, the gold and the precious jewels. These are things of the kingdom. These are things that are going to last for eternity. So the, the thought here is that I get to choose whether I'm investing my life in eternity or whether I'm investing my life in a bunch of silly stuff. How am I building? What am I doing? I look at this and I think, wow, the day is coming and it's going to stand a test. I'm going to stand before judgment and I'm going to have to say, Lord, this is what I did. Did I waste my time just playing around and doing my own thing? Or did I, did I, did I take my stuff and say, Lord, I want, it, I want to use it for your kingdom? I was listening to a, a sermon the other day by John Bevere. Some of you know him. And he has, he's written a new book. I haven't read it, but it's... He entitles it Living, I believe it's Living in, in Light of Eternity, I think it's called. But he was talking about, he had a vision one, uh, one day. And in the vision, he, he uh, was in heaven. And it was the day where people were bringing their, their stuff to the king. And he said it was like an army, and they were marching down the street, and they were, their arms were filled with the spiritual stuff, like, like the, the eternal things. Not the silly earthly things, but the eternal things. And each of the soldiers was marching down, down the street. He said, but there was also people on the side of the street that were just on the sidewalk that were just watching. And he said that immediately God asked him this question. He said, do you want to be in the army or do you want to be standing on the sidewalk? Because I will tell you, there are some people that are just going to make it to heaven. It says right here. All, their, all the things that they put their life in that they said it was important are going to get burned up and it's going to be nothing. And they're going to escape it like getting out of a burning house and just barely being saved. Sidewalk people. He says, but there's other people that they're going to take the things that they've used in their life, their money, their time, their resources, all of their effort and all of the things that caught their passion and their precious jewels and their gold. 
And they're the things that really matter. And those are the ones that are in the army. And God asked him, he said, listen, do you want to be in the army? Do you want to be in the parade? Or do you want to be on the sidewalk? And I thought, man, that's a pretty hard question. I mean, not hard. It's a deep question. Because then I have to reflect and say, Lord, what is it? Do I want to be in the army? Do I want to be on that day bringing you stuff that is eternal and rewarding? Or do I want all my stuff to have burned up and I just barely make it by the hair of my chinny chin chin? Bless you. <laughs> wow, you got like 50 blessings on you right there, honey. Amen. I want you to take a moment this morning. We'll take about a few minutes. Uh, we'll take about five, I guess. And I want you just to take a moment. And I want you to just talk about what it would mean, what things in your life are the eternal things. What are the things that God has been speaking to you that are eternal? That on the day when it all comes to an end, that are going to be the, the, the precious jewels and the gold and the silver. And I want you just to talk about what that looks like in your life. What are the things that you think God is calling you to do that are the precious things? And maybe if you want to be... Uh, just open up and share a little bit. You may want to share what are the things in your life that you feel are just hay, wood, and stubble, and quite frankly, they're not really going to have much eternal. And so just take a moment and just share a little bit about that question. What are the things that are precious and the jewels? And what are the, some things maybe in our lives that God may be challenging us to, to put aside and, and put the hay and the, and the straw and the stubble aside? Can we do that? All right, take about five minutes, and uh, then we'll come back.
All right. All right. How many of you uh how many of you have some precious stones and jewels you think God is laying on you? Anybody uh anybody have those things? How many of you feel like there might be some wood, hay, and stubble that needs to be changed and maybe get rid of some of the, the burnable materials, right? Hallelujah. Well, we, um, we are going to uh, go to our baptism We're a little early today. We're going to actually uh, wrap it up. What I'd like to do this morning, what I'd like to do this morning is, uh, is I want you to just take a moment as we're finishing up here. And I want you just to, 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 one for another, I want you just to pray for each other. And I want you to do two things. Again, <laughs> the judgment seat is God's responsibility. It's not our responsibility, right? You don't get to tell the other person, well, I think you should be doing this and this. No, 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 no. How many of you know we have a hard enough time making our own good decisions, right? <laughs> Amen. But here's what I would like us to do. I want us to encourage one another this morning. The Bible says that, that we, as the body, and as we have these spiritual gifts, it's to edify and build up and encourage one another. And so what I want you to do this morning is just take the next couple of minutes, about five minutes, and I want you just to bless each other. And what I want you to do is, in particular, I want you to bless the, the things of value, the spiritual things. I want you to bless an increase in our heart for the lost. I want you to bless and pray for increase in the, in the prophetic voice that you begin to hear and the awareness of the things around us in, in the spirit realm. I want you to, to bless and pray for an increase in, like Jesus said, him who has ears, let him hear, and the eyes to see the kingdom, right? How many of you don't have any trouble seeing earthly stuff, Right? Somebody cuts you off, you're driving down the road, and a car cuts you off. How many of you have no problem thinking fleshly thoughts towards that vehicle and that driver, right? But how many of you know that God doesn't call us to live in, our, in the flesh and, and let that stuff? He wants us to be people that see different and hear different and function different. So I want you just to bless each other. And here's basically what we want to do is we want to pray for an increase and bless the the things that matter, the gold, the silver, and the precious stones, the spiritual things, and, and for God to begin to let us see those things that are of no value in all of eternity, all right? And so an increase in the good stuff and a decrease in the things that are going to waste our time and waste our energy and our resources. Can we do that? So just take a few minutes. Doesn't it, it can be a few seconds if you want, just one for another, and uh, I'm just going to release you to do that. Increase the good and decrease those things that are of no value. Amen? Go.
Schneidet, Digga. Alright, we good? Go ahead and finish up if you're, if you're doing that. I just want to bless you, Lord. I bless what, what you're doing in this place. I bless the vision that you've given us. I bless, oh God, the, the fire that you've put in us for things of substance and, 